It's like trying to win a car race. Should be a good one. And as you're driving, saying, hey, make it run better. You could have a posse of waifus. Starting off kind of strangely. Slaying the land. Welcome to the show. This is insanity. Taking a critical look at the gaming news of the week. This info is pretty shocking. Somebody's got to give an answer to this. This is augmented reality. You are watching my favorite channel. I've not heard of them. The Triple S League. Enjoy, guys. Hey everybody, welcome to Augmented Reality for January 26th, 2022. Taking a critical look at games in the gaming industry. This is Ash Ryan with you, and I'm here as always with Subsidian and Moontag. And we are going to be looking at the news of the week and uh, engaging with you in the live chat. If you are uh, watching us live today on the live stream here on Triple S Podcasts, do uh, say hello in the live chat. Send us your questions and comments there as well. We'll uh, respond to as many as we can throughout the podcast. And don't forget to slam that like button. Likes are rough. And it tells us in YouTube that you appreciate this content. Of course, you can listen after the fact whenever you want. And if you are doing that, we welcome your comments in the, in the comments area down below. We love hearing from you. A few of you like to post really in-depth comments, which we do read, I promise. <laughs> we just, uh, you know, uh, lots of great thoughts from you folks. We really, uh, we don't have time to respond to every comment, but we do love reading them. So, uh, news that should... Probably excites some of you. New Crisis game, Crisis 4. What do you guys think of that? Um, <clears throat> I love their announcement trailer. It was just a bunch of particle effects going off. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got that on their Twitter feed. <clears throat> and they're here. like, hey, <clears throat> you're going to be able to see this in, like, you know, ultra up close effects this when you it... play the game. I mean, this is... Uh... This is even they're giving Obsidian a run for their money. They're not even you know showing the the hero that has you know you you don't see their face or hear their name because they haven't been uh, they haven't been created yet. <laughs> so, so anyway, Crisis Four, long long way off. Don't get too hyped. I mean, get a little hyped, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, it, it, I don't know. This this age of I'm I'm beyond hype in games. I'm beyond hype in games. It's like oh okay cool. New, new game in a series is coming. I will, you know, I'll get excited when it's close to release and when I can see that it looks like it's going to be a good game. Other than that, I just, you know what, there's too much to focus on in the here and now for me to get hyped about a game that's so far off. But obviously, uh, a much-loved series that, that I've, you know, I've, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited about this game. But yeah, there's literally nothing here. There's just, I mean, cool effects and all. Cool video, but... That tells us nothing about the game. Absolutely nothing about the game. And then, uh, let's see here. So, uh, a couple of other small stories before we jump into the big stuff today, which uh, is, of course, Star Wars. There's lots of Star Wars coming, and then we have uh, some news about Blizzard and some news about... Some news about Blizzard that doesn't have to do with scandals. And then uh, some news about... Um, well, some stuff about Bioware and, you know, some, some discussion, uh, some in, some uh, interesting discussion items that I think you'll find, uh, that I think you'll find interesting. Funky says, actually, the real question is, will it support the GPU for the NFT mining? Yeah, that's the question that you have to ask about every game these days, hey? Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and... Did you also mention that Discord is currently down? Um Yeah. And so our audio is a little bit off today uh, because we're doing this through um, another thing, which isn't that great. But yeah, so this this is 
this is this is what happens when Discord just suddenly dies. You know, like forty minutes before the I think it was what thirty minutes before the the show started. It's like it's like I I, I looked online and I was like, huh, that's funny. All the people that were in the chat rooms last night at two in the evening are still in those chat rooms. Like, yeah, I was still wondering about that. Yeah. So it was like frozen in place. Yeah, it's it's That's frozen. Weird. Like you can you can sort of like you can do things. You could like jump around into certain channels, but you couldn't actually like um <clears throat> you couldn't actually do anything. Like that's the, weird. The, like, like, like no one was... would respond to you or anything. So there's going to be a like when when this clears up, there's going to be a flood of of messages and people saying, "Why is no one responding to me?" Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's an API out outage right now, so it's we'll we'll see what happens after a little while. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um. Yeah. It was that's really weird. So like two minutes before the show starts, I'm I'm freaking out because no sign of Cyber Moon yet. So I'm, I call Cyb and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting us on to this other, this other system. Hang on. Anyway, um, speaking of stuff going really weird, how's that? A, how's that for a segue? Uh, so a game developer believes that a real life weapons manufacturer has stolen the design for its weapon. The game developer is Ward B, working on a game called Oceanic, which I've never heard of. I don't know anything <laughs> about. But apparently they, they've created, you know, some. Some weapons that are true to the lore of their game, and this this one called the Mastodon Shotgun. This was uh, this was Notional that posted this uh, topic. I remember that. So this this Mastodon Shotgun, um, Kalashnikov, uh, or Kalashnikov, uh, basically they approached the game developer to say, "Hey, we want to make like a real life version of this," and uh, the game dev was like, "Okay." Uh, well, well, well. Let's get the contracts moving on it. Never heard anything back, and then suddenly Kalashnikov has this uh, this weapon out that looks very much like the Mastodon shotgun from the game. And then Kalashnikov licensed the use of this this weapon to another game. So it's it's a very weird situation, and uh, you know the dev has. Actually, if I go back to normal view here, I can show you. Um, this is from IGN Africa, uh, which is interesting. I didn't even know there was an IGN Africa. So basically, uh, there's there's a bunch of comparisons that they put online, and, and it comes down. I guess it's like at what point is it a, is it a copy, and at what or and at what point is it you know just inspired by? I guess that's the the legal question here, right? Because it's not exactly the same, but it's got features that. Are like specific to the design of the of the gun in the game world. <laughs> yeah, that some of them got transferred over to you know this this real world gun, and uh, and also it's very suspicious that the gun manufacturer had a, had approached them, and then just cut off communications. So very odd situation. But what really made me sad was uh, this sentence here. Um, So, no, hang on. Where is it? Basically, basically the the dev, um, if if the game developer decided to, you know, the small game developer taking a giant weapons manufacturer to court, even if even if they have an airtight case, it could destroy them financially. 
And that's yeah. a sad state of affairs that we live in. Well, <clears throat> I mean, we've we've been here before. Um, well, I mean, lots and lots and lots of times. But like, like Zenimax back in the day uh, when they wanted the Fallout IP, they sued Interplay, or they they made a deal with Interplay to to have it. They they said, yeah, okay, you guys can make an online game. We're going to make um, Fallout uh, uh, 3, 4, and 5. And that was their plan. But then 3 sold so well and boosted their stock so high that ZeniMax said, you know, it's like that It's like that meme where the, the, the dog is like, you know, he's looking at the thing, he's looking at the thing, you know, and then he's like, I made this. This is mine. I, I, I created this. I, I created all of this. And <clears throat> Interplay suddenly gets hit with this lawsuit where it's like, oh, we heard you're working on a Fallout game. Yeah, you know, according to our, our deal. Well, the deal was for you to make a, an, an, an MMO called Fallout. Um, we didn't think you'd have it have anything to do with the universe of Fallout. Therefore, you're in breach of contract and we're suing to own the license. And they're like, this is ridiculous. They're like, well, see you in court, buddy. So they took it to the first court and Bethesda, uh, sorry, Zenimax lost. Then they took it to the second court and they lost again. Then they took it to the third court, I think, and they lost again. Um, and then it was during their fourth court, again, where like Zenimax had lost every step of the way it was completely laughed out of court the only thing that it wasn't done is is it wasn't dismissed with prejudice and therefore they just kept on taking it up the chain um and 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 you know basically just like they 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 sued them over and over and over again to the point where the the people at interplay couldn't afford to continue fighting and they had to settle and they got some cash out of it to basically make it so that they didn't go broke and then that was it that was that was the thing and then they couldn't use the ip they couldn't use anything that was reminiscent of the ip period end of story and then they kind of ran it and then inter interplay kind of ran into the ground after that so it's like it's like, oh, okay. So if you have a big enough cash balance in your wallet, you can basically sue somebody and the, the legislation is the problem. And and we've been yeah. here because there was a story that we, we can't get into where um, we went to some lawyers and said, so here's what's happening. It's a, it's a travesty. It's a very bad thing that's happening. It's a bad thing that's happening that, that that's going on in behind the scenes. We know the truth and we can we can say it. And the the guys looked at us and said, "Okay, so so here's what we've we figured out. The company that you're gonna you know that you would you would you know uh, whistleblow about has a history of like just absolutely crushing people with with lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. They they said that." that the one company filed some 30 some odd lawsuits against one party and each of the lawsuits were different. Like they, they, they were things from like, like frivolous things to aggressive things. And, and he says that because, you know, because there's some interesting 
law stuff going on here. So there's nothing you can do about it. You'd have to defend yourself against each case. And he says, you might be lucky. And in most cases, you'll win your, your lawyer fees. He says, but the one out of the 10 that you don't will cost you more than what you own right now. And then they'll just continue hitting you with these things unless, you know, unless, you know, you can get a high court to basically like, you know, counter, like counter sue them on your behalf to say that, that this is a frivolous thing. And this is, that doesn't really go over very well. So it's the punishment. The punishment isn't the fact that they win any of these cases. It's that they make your life a living hell and you'd have to continue to do this all the time. And so we had to walk away from the story because it was like, uh, well, what can we do? Like, we're just small fry people and we can't go up against a billion dollar company. So yeah, stuff like this happens all the time. Yeah. And, uh, and Kalashnikov is, is a massive, massive company that has extremely deep pockets and connections with some very unsavory folks. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll say it, I'll say it. Kalashnikov, um, you know, again, they can't, you know, they don't officially control where any of their weapons go, but it is kind of funny that a lot of the unsavory elements in the world do get their hands on a lot of Kalashnikov-type weapons, you know. Um, remo- like, I, I, I'm going to look this up because I, I'm pretty sure Kalashnikov makes the AK-47, right? I have no idea. I had no idea we were going to get this deep into this topic, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sad state of affairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kalashnikov makes the AK-47. The AK-47 is one of the most, is one, I think it's the, the most common weapon in the entire world. And it finds its way in the millions into hands of people who, who make, um, really do really bad things. We'll just we'll just say that. And again, it's it's not that Kalashnikov is openly supporting them, but it is weird where it's like you know your weapons end up in the hands of people in the millions, and yeah, a lot of that is secondhand, but some of it's not. So it's kind of weird. Hmm. <clears throat> Funky says uh, Apple's been doing this for years, looking at small yeah, 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 yeah. and reproducing yeah. and. I'll probably should use them as an example. Speaking actually. of uh, Apple, so they have, they're reportedly possibly working on a console and have been uh, snatching developers away or uh, engineers away from Microsoft, supposedly to make that happen, according to Windows Central writer Jez Corden, who was on, uh, you know, shared some info on the Xbox Two podcast. And. Uh, admits that his sourcing isn't great on this particular rumor. Um, but anyway, he says he's been hearing for a while that Apple has been poaching Xbox engineers to make its own console. I've heard that for ages, that Apple was exploring making a video game console. And I don't know if it's going to be a VR play or a metaverse thing or something like that. But some of the engineers that Apple's poached from Microsoft were because they wanted to explore making their own console. So... Just a rumor at this point, but Saib, you said this rumor's popped up before. 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's popped up for the last like year or two. Um, well, Apple, I don't know. There. I don't know if you, if how many of you are aware that Apple actually made a console at one point, the Pippin, mm-hmm. and uh, it was one of the biggest flops in history of Apple products. It was just uh, they were actually, in some ways, they were trying to be ahead of their time by by making it be sort of a uh, a ver- like. An expensive multimedia device, not just like something you plug a game into and play, but it tried to do apparently tried to do too many things and wasn't very good at any of them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that's the Pippin. But anyway, so no, that's that's also the the last generation of Xbox. That's why they failed so hard. Right. Yeah. And they. Yeah, this was, and I mean, this was way back in the, uh, what, yeah, this was in the PlayStation 1 N64 era. So that was a long time ago. Um, anyway, so how much truth do you think there is to this rumor of Apple ma- pursuing making a console? I, I would actually be, um, I'd be very surprised if there wasn't at least, if they weren't at least exploring the idea, personally. Mm-hmm. Well, basically, with the announcement that, Google is going to be bringing um, a, an, a game app to the PC that will allow you to play all of the games on the Apple Store on any PC. Um, with that announcement, basically what we're looking at here is we're looking at this thing where it's like, it's like they're there. And, ho- and hopefully this might make, I, I say this optimistically. This is my most optimistic statement of the year. Hopefully, by bringing these games to the PC, more people will be turned off by the microtransactions and tell them to, you know, WTF, get them sorted out, and microtransactions on, on these mobile games will become less predatory. That is my most optimistic statement of the probably of the decade, honestly. It's probably the most optimistic statement I have ever said. And I, I frankly think that it's more likely that, you know, I'll, I'll start spitting up gold tomorrow um, than, than to have that happen. That would be pretty optimistic. But, yeah, so what, what we're seeing here really um, is that, that there is obviously a lot of money to be made in this and i think apple realizes that if they can create um essentially a device that functions as a console that allows you to play all your all their all their mobile games on that thing and then have it seamlessly transition from your phone to your tv to your to the console to the you know to you know whatever i think they they realize that it's probably worth a lot of money and they're probably going to hit it, you know. They're probably going to go for it, and and I think that again because they're realizing that they're looking at at Google, they're looking at Microsoft, they're looking at these other companies, and they're realizing, ah, oh, we got to get our game together. We can't just, you know, we we've got to get this stuff like moving, or we're going to fail. And I think that's I think that's true because what we've seen here from this whole like recent you know buyout from buy out a blizzard by by microsoft is that you know and it, it's not just microsoft it's tencent it's uh, embracer group these companies are gobbling up the entertainment sides because video games are now far more profitable than any other entertainment medium in the world 
it's like, yeah, they're, they're going to make moves on this stuff, you know, and we're going to see the same thing. We're going to see a little bit of a gold rush here in the sense of like, if you've got a, a reasonably like decent studio and you're pumping out games, um, somebody's going to approach you to try and buy you out because they're going to need, you know, they need more titles. They need more things. They need more stuff. So we are going to see this kind of like transition. Um, and the thing I would say to that is that I, I wouldn't worry about that so much. There's a lot of people who are like, we, we don't want these megacorps forming up. And it's like, that that's, that's true. In most scenarios, it's true. But gaming has always been centered around creative individuals who start small projects in their garage. Like, I mean, it's always been that way. And it's getting more and more like that, you know, 20 years ago, that was a story of a handful of developers making a handful of games that then became major studios, you know, mm -hmm. but now you have hundreds and thousands of these developers creating small projects in their, in their, in the closet or in their, in their garage. And we're seeing them get massive success. And we've talked to a lot of these, um, you know, we've, we've talked to a lot of these indie developers. We've interviewed a couple of them. And there are things that the big mega corporations aren't going to touch because, you know, they're going to be afraid to. And, and you know, the particular game that we interviewed, um, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say the name Subverse. You know, we, we interviewed the guys at, at Subverse mostly because we were, you know, we're interested in free speech and we don't necessarily support the game in, in the in the content that it brings, but we support the, the right for it to exist and, and the importance to stimulate conversation. Um, and I don't think, I don't think Apple's going to show up. I don't think Apple, Bracer Group, Tencent, Microsoft, Sony, they're none of those guys are going to show up and buy these guys out. Right. No, they're not. But you know, they're, there's a lot of good stuff. There's also a lot of good stuff yeah. that's not as edgy and pushing. Yeah, the... but I, but I'm saying that there's a there's an insulation layer in video gaming where where we'll see these crazy big projects come out, become very popular, and build up these new studios, and the big dogs won't touch them. And and a great example of this is actually Blizzard because for a while. You know, <clears throat> sure they 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 got bought up by Bobby, you know, for for pocket change back in the day. But when they made Diablo one, there was a fair amount of nudity in Diablo one because they were edgy teenage guys, you know, like barely out of college guys, and and they were like boobies, booba, you know, like put them everywhere, you know, and and they and the, they were into that kind of thing. And big corporations at the time that that this game came out wasn't the, like they weren't going to touch that IP. They all kind of shrunk back from it. And oh, we can't do that. Well, now who's the you know now who just got bought out for seventy billion dollars? Right? It's like it's like trust me, guys. When it comes to the ecology and the 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 environment of video games, it's like in the way that things are set up now with the way that engines are being, you know, are easier to, and easier to create larger and larger scale games with fewer and fewer people. 
we're going to get to that point where that's that's a I don't think we have to worry about all games being owned by mega corporations. I really don't think that that's going to happen because because of the ecosystem that is growing and they'd have to make a concert. All of those companies would have to work together to make a conservative push to to crush indie gaming, which would in which would directly basically crush whatever they're doing. And, and again, as counter you know, is counter to what they want because a lot of the a lot of the big titles that show up on the on these game stores, especially especially Apple Store and especially Google's Play Store, um, most of those big high earners start out as you know small indie developers making a single game, and and all you have to do is look at Flappy Bird, uh, Bejeweled, uh, not Bejeweled, um, Candy Crush. And these other ones, it's like those games, all those games started out as just like one guy making a thing. So, right. yeah. Yeah. But, but again, yes, the, the, the gaming industry is never going to like the, gaming, gaming will not survive without, without the indie gaming uh, yeah, space, no. because that's where the, that's where the real innovation and pushing the boundaries is happening. And even even if somebody has to build something from scratch, mm-hmm. it'll still end up getting more success. Because all it takes is like one person to create something that's new, cool, different, and interesting, which is what entertainment is completely about. It's like yeah, when when uh, one of the things that made Rome fall was the lack of new entertainment for the the Romans, and, and you know they just. They, they were so unhappy that they let the system crash around them because they wanted to be entertained. And the whole system crashing around them was far more entertaining than the stupid entertainment that they had just seen for the fifth time in the row that week. Yeah, because like one of the things that happens when you get uh, these corporations or groups that get like really big is they kind of get stuck into like a formula that worked for them before, so they just keep doing it, and so it makes sense for them to try to pick up these like smaller. Um, like outreaches where they can inject themselves with an influx of new ideas if they're so inclined to do so. There's actually a conversation in the chat I've been following where IX asks, um, Mm -hmm. uh, what was it? Oh, it was up here. Uh, Don't get why Apple hasn't made any gaming related hardware. They have some great engineers at Apple and Funky was replying. uh, The general Apple audience was not gamers. Now anyone's a gamer to a certain extent. And uh, mentioning that, um, yes, mobile gaming may be huge for them, but the people who own the desktop Macs don't see their hardware as gaming. Hmm. So and that's I, also I something think... to consider. Because, like, I had to do the thing, like, when I was uh, getting, like, a laptop for schooling, where I was like, okay, which kind of laptop would make more sense to me? Like, I want to get an Apple one because I heard it's really good for, like, Photoshop and, like, artistic things and general media. But just the versatility of the PC and the familiarity with growing up using a PC kind of won me over. Yes. Well, that is where you... that. Apple is is very much kind of a walled garden in that in that aspect. I mean, if if you if you, if you go over to the Apple side, uh, and I will never I will never go back to iPhone for, for this for this reason, because you have to be willing to um, upgrade on their schedule, have right. you, have your have your hardware become obsolete on their schedule, and well, I think 
you know, you, you, Apple hardware can be is is more gaming friendly than it once was. It's mm-hmm. it's still not. I mean, it's not their strength, right? They 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 no. do have they do have. Um, Apple does have a strength in the fact that all of their stuff just works together seamlessly. Uh, so so it, there's an advantage there in in some sense, but but yeah, th- that's at the cost of flexibility. So uh, that's why I'm that's why I'm a PC person, and uh, mm-hmm. switched from iPhone to to uh, Android and and won't go back even though I have my issues with Google as well but speaking of which this this kind of leads us to our main story about the Star Wars games that are coming up but uh uh whoops that's the wrong thing uh just since we were talking about Blizzard I'll just mention Blizzard's working on a new IP and uh this is not sort of an official announcement in the sense <clears throat> of hey we're we're making a new IP but uh this is a recruitment effort they, they're looking for uh, developers to, or, you know, they're looking for people to come on board and, and uh, build this world, basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that would, <coughs> yeah, yeah here's some, all of the, uh, uh, here's all of the positions they're looking to hire for. I've done some snooping. Um, so I've done some snooping on this. On this, uh, so I've been hearing there's there's about there's a there's a handful of projects that were that were ongoing at um, Blizzard and Blizzard. Bobby wanted to. Bobby didn't want the sale to go through to, to Microsoft because he had a couple of things in the pipeline that that were he thought were winners. And he does know when a good product is there. Now he's been bad recently at, at managing these. There's, there's a bunch of like a bunch of Overwatch developers came out and re- lambasted Bobby in the press and on Twitter uh, the other day, saying that it's because of your arrogant bad leadership that caused us to delay and caused all these problems with overwatch and overwatch Two. So, you know, so there, there's, you know, he's, he's, he's having some problems, but one of the problems that, that I don't think they had was that some of their new game ideas weren't necessarily bad. Now I said, I ideas, I didn't say product because they've been dropping the ball on finished products recently and that's part of the problem that's part of the reason why yes the the buyout of blizzard is a good thing because it it literally can't get worse like like i have stopped playing and touching any blizzard products for well over a year now basically almost nearly a year now completely and i'm just i'm just done with it i'm just done with them and and so yeah any change is better you know, any any move to a new a new owner is better. Um, but what I've been hearing from in in the grapevine is what a bunch of other people have also said. So I can I can say this without getting in too much trouble. Um, a lot of projects at Blizzard are available to play for the staff themselves. So they want feedback. They want you know people. So instead instead of going home and and going to play you know some other game. Um, they go up to the test wing and they try out some of these other new games. This game in particular, again, multiple other people are reporting this now. This is the most popular game inside Blizzard. 
people can't get enough of it. It's super fun to play. And the, the excitement around this project is extremely high. And notice that what they're looking for. So they're looking for environmental artists. So they're not, you could, you could say that they're looking to improve their environments, not, not creating them from scratch. Uh, senior character artist, you can never have enough of those because, it, you know, you know, um, costumes, characters, new designs, you know, stuff like that. Like that's, that's all pretty like, you know, just like, just like, uh, um, all the, all the big games right now, you know, that, that are like, you know, you pop on and play constantly. They're constantly updating their, their stuff. There's new skins every week, that kind of stuff. Um, technical artist, VFX artists, uh, senior character concept artists. Um, so again, that's just creating more and more and more different styles, different looks, different costumes, different gear, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, associate level designer, another level designer, basically. And again, these are like, they just need more areas. They need more designs. They need more creative things to do places to do them. And then you've got a whole bunch of software engineers for, for audio server tools and engine. Uh, so they're looking for people who can, who can up the quality as far as their engineering side. Um, so this, this game has been in the works for probably a little, little under a little over two years. Uh, it's probably, they're probably nailing it. And what I mean by nailing it is this is a survival game. Can anybody name a triple a super polished survival game with top end graphics? The closest thing we have Fallout 76. That's the closest thing we have to a survival game that has, you know, state-of-the-art graphics, state-of-the-art system, state-of-the-art everything. And it's not. 76 is not a AAA experience in that category, I would say. Valheim is depends is on not. what definition uh, of AAA are you are you using budget size again? Or? I just I just went through that graphics fidelity systems um, interaction. Well, that like right all, okay like ev- AAA level okay yeah like, AAA level Valheim is not AAA level. They're they're just slightly above indie because the graphics are terrible, the clipping is terrible. The um, again, I'm not saying that it's a bad game, it's a good game, um, but it's not triple A quality because, again, you 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 can, um, like as much as what you can do in the game is is great and amazing and is very smart, it's not polished to a triple A level, it's not, it doesn't you know, visually, it's not you know, that great. It's like you know, it's from the graphics are like what. 10 15 years old basically um on valheim uh, i don't think so but i i mean i see your y- point yeah 15 uh, 10 to 15 years is a long time you go back that you, you're, okay, you're talking okay, like okay, portal okay, 2 like level graphics years. then like it's not it's not great the graphics are now again because it's such a huge world the graphics can't be that great because the minute that you start adding in 4k textures or even well, 4k is a little ridiculous the minute you start adding in you know 1k textures so like 1080p essentially um the game becomes very difficult to run i mean that's this that's the same for most uh 
you know, most MMOs, they, they do suffer from not being able to have that super high level. So what, what happens in, in 76's case is that you, can, you can't have more than like 15 people on a map at, at any given time. And also, you know, there's, there's a limit as to like, you can't, you can't dig into the ground. You can't do that stuff. It's not voxel based, that, that kind of problem. Anytime you, you know, include some voxel stuff, you have some you know, minor issues. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, no man's sky might be, might be considered, a sort of might be considered a, a survival game. I mean, they do have a hard core option. So that's, that's actually, I would say that's probably the best bet. But again, it's not quite the same thing because, again, you're not oftentimes you're not on a world with, you know, a hundred other people. You're on a world by yourself, essentially, typically, and maybe a friend if you call them in. You can get the games where there's, you know, dozens of people on a map. But again, there's still limitations around that and what what you can do and how how that can affect the world and all that kind of stuff. So I think the open door for a triple a survival game is one of the few genres that doesn't have you know multiple triple a developers you know working and creating something top notch i really don't think that you have that again you might be able to say no man's sky you might be able to say 76 and then that's about it as far as triple a valheim again great systems in general not super polished not it doesn't have um, you know, the biggest complaint from Valheim is that it doesn't have enough content. There's not enough things to do in the game. Once you beat the, what is it, five bosses? I mean, that's it. That's that's the end of the, the hard boss mechanic challenges. Now, are they coming out with some more stuff? Sure, maybe. Um, well, I mean, sure, they, they are working on new stuff. But again, we don't have a game that looks like Overwatch that plays as smoothly as, you know... Uh, a very smooth game, which which I can't think of one off the top of my head, um, that has the interactability of you know uh, of of basically like Skyrim or Fallout with a voxel based system. You just don't have any of that kind of stuff coming from a AAA developer. Again, with maybe the exception of of No Man's Sky, but it's still not really AAA. And there's some other issues with the game, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's, so, it's so kinda, you think you think this is what we're looking for or looking at in this in this new Blizzard I, I IP, think though. From from what I'm in, from what I'm hearing, and from what other people are hearing, and from what everybody else is reporting on this, that that's in the no space. So like you know, Bellular, Bellular knows a lot of developers. Um, it he he yesterday he came out and confirmed what some other people were saying because he said, well, it's now out there so I can, I can talk about this. He couldn't talk about it before because they wouldn't, you know, they would be able to figure out who was, who was talking about it. But now that the announcement's out, he's not, he's not dishing any inside goods. He's just saying that this is a really good game internally right now. And it's probably one of the best blizzard games that they've had in the last, like, you know, it's the best content that Blizzard has had in the last ten years. Interesting. Because the the internal excite the internal excitement about this game right now is way higher than Overwatch was when it was in the same um, like early stages. So again, what does this mean? Uh, well, we're not going to get this anytime soon. Um, I would say that at the absolute earliest, we would see like a kind of like an early access thing a year from now um 
that's if again that's that's really pushing it i think that this and and i think one of the reasons for the the buyout and why bobby couldn't rally his his um his defenders is that they they he said but we have this really good game it's a survival game it's it's coming it's it's looking really good and the board looked at him and said yeah but it's not going to be out for a few more years and we're not interested in chancing that you'll be able to get everything under control and rebuild and and give us our profits back we don't want to wait three years for that when we can shell out for the exact same worth right now selling out to microsoft then you know because again they they, like even if blizzard managed to crawl its way back up to 95 dollars uh you know a, a stock which which is only happening now because of the buyout before that wasn't going to happen like that they were they were on track for maybe maybe getting there in like two to three years from now again you know that's if diablo overwatch 2 and this new game all came out spectacularly then they'd maybe get up back to that hundred hundred dollar level but so, when you have yeah. the brain drain that you've had, the talent drain that you've had at the company, and when you have a company that's wrapped up in scandals, I have to also think you would have a hell of a time recruiting for this if they hadn't just announced, like, if the news cycle had not shifted from, oh, Blizzard's yeah. Evol- oh, yeah. erupted in scandals, to, hey, Blizzard just got bought by Microsoft. Yeah, I think that's why we're seeing this now, is because this this is... You know, this has gotten good. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have to think that they're, they're far more likely to fill these positions with quality people now than they would have two weeks ago. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think it makes a huge amount of difference there. Um, funky. No, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, like um, Kodak was was not he didn't want them to sell out because he thought that he could get things on track back on track and, and get everything profitable again, you know, within the next like couple of years. And that's what he, and, and he was trying to push for like, trust me, board of directors, trust me, investors, I could get this back on track, but they, he had lost so much support. You got to remember that, that before this whole thing broke before all of this bad blizzard news broke, he managed to survive being the C the CEO by like eight like four to eight percent of the vote. Like that's how much he survived his last vote. The next vote wasn't gonna go his way. He was gonna lose that for sure. Um so yeah I think I think yeah so I look I I'm not saying that this game is gonna be good but from everything I've heard on the inside I think this game is good and right now I, I I've been talking to some people if you can get in in Blizzard right now, like today, if you can apply and get accepted into a position, it's going to be um, it's going to be a good place to to get into because there's a good chance that you're going to get a little bit better of a of a of a paycheck than what you had gotten if you know you tried to get in in, in the same positions about you know a year ago. On top of that, you're you're potentially going to get bought out. Like you're potentially, potentially, you know, when Microsoft comes in, you're going to get a pay raise. There, there's a good potential there. 
or you'll be able to leave with a decent severance and find a new job elsewhere when the when the buyout does happen if they have some cutbacks or something like that like if if you can pop in here without like having to move or without having to like invest in in the you know in that in that uh that change of scenery and that change of place if you can just get in it's actually a really good time to get into them because they're there it's it's kind of like buying in to a company when the profit is low but you expect them to go high or stay where they are or you could just jump ship for nothing basically down the road if, if it if it continues to get worse so yeah so the, i i i think this is interesting and i think this is something to keep your eyes on and I think the survival genre is something to kind of keep your eyes on even more so because, again, nobody's managed to pull off this amazing, like, AAA experience with survival games. And I, I, from what I'm hearing, this might be something to keep your eye on. Not, not a promise, but, you know, maybe something good. Okay. You are listening to the Augmented Reality Podcast. Thanks for being so active in the live chat. Due to the Discord problems, I think we have a, a lower volume of live watchers today, but that's okay. Thank you to those of you who, those of you who are here and uh, watching live, and for those of you who are catching the show after the fact, appreciate you listening as well. Please leave your comments below. Slam that like button, and also, if you are new to the community, if you're new to the Triple S League, actually, uh, check out our Discord community. You can find the description in the... Or sorry, the link in the description below. You can also find a link to our main channel, the Triple S League, where you can find game guides, reviews, including reviews for games like Star Wars Rogue Squadron and uh, Jedi Fallen Order, and all kinds of other content. Some comedy, some uh, some other. There's a variety of content over there, and then here on Triple S Podcasts, uh, you'll find the news news and uh, live podcasts things like that we have this podcast augmented reality and on and then on saturdays Cyb and max Derrett do uh maximum news so you can get your gaming news twice a week here long form uh news podcasts right here on triple s podcasts all right so speaking of star wars games we've got a bunch of them coming up and um so yeah, as Funky just said in the chat, the uh, Funky would argue that Rogue Squadron and Jedi Fallen Order would uh, have saved EA, and I, I would say they they definitely were not. They they definitely didn't hurt. They definitely didn't hurt. They definitely uh, uh, kind of were a turning point. Especially, <clears throat> I think they were a turning point for EA, and they were a turning point for Star Wars games. And yeah. what Respawn did with I, Je with Jedi Fallen Order was was really good. I still I still believe that EA um, sabotaged their Star Wars games intentionally because they didn't own the license. They only were like sitting on it. I think they decided to they they made that stupid phone game, which rakes in a lot of money for basically no investment and they made a bunch of crappy other games until they got to the point where like you know their own their other ips were doing good and their and they were like you know their their pocketbooks weren't you know weren't keeping you know weren't producing as much as they wanted that that's when they made you know that's when they made the other games the, the last two. Hmm. 
I still mm-hmm. think I some people call me conspiratorial on that. Like it's like if you if you're the best cake maker in town and you're making the best vanilla cake there is, and some guy comes up to you and he's it's like I've got a recipe for uh, wait, I'm I'm going to Irish accent, German, German chocolate cake. So there's a German who shows up at your shop and he's like, "Hello, I hear you make the best vanilla cakes in the whole world. Well, I have this new thing. It's called a Devil's German chocolate cake. It's very popular in in my area. You might want to sell it here. So I'll I'll let you use the recipe for ten years, and if whatever kind of you know bonus you get, then that's good." And you're like, okay. Then you realize that you only own the license for 10 years. And if chocolate cake becomes the next big thing and removes your vanilla cake from the equation, in 10 years, you're out of a job. So what do you do? You make really bad cake. You make really bad German chocolate cake by throwing in some, you know, some carrots and some some really like bitter nuts and you know, some other stuff that just, you know, doesn't make it that good. Like, sure, it's good. You know, people come to your shop because they're like, oh, I've heard there's a new cake. Ah, oh, yes, there's a, there's a German chocolate cake over there. And uh, over here we have the best vanilla cake in the world. It's it's French. It's great. And then the, the people are like, oh, okay, well, I'll try, you know, and the German cake's good. But, you know, I'll get, I'll get a, you know, I'll get a whole cake. I'll, I'll buy a whole cake of your vanilla, please. I think that's what happened. And right. I think it wasn't until, you know, somebody came in and said, you know, this whole French vanilla cake is kind of, you know, great. You should try this vanilla bean cake, which is so much better. Oh, my God. this You you guys could try that. That's when they said, oh, uh, hey, we have a new German chocolate cake and it's even better than before. You know, that's, that's what happened. I, I swear that's what happened. It's It makes the most sense. It's. It, it, it connects in with what I've heard internally. It just makes sense. So, But then they had Respawn come along and say, yeah, screw you. Uh, we're making yes. a, good, a good Star Wars game. We're not putting in your crap, and we're not using Frostbite. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that Because they the made Frostbite Valorant, engine. and they, they managed to get, get Valorant to be quite the success so yeah and so then they not, made sorry, not valorant uh apex legends sorry i'm yeah well that, that came out that came out after games. though didn't it did apex legends uh, come out before star wars jedi yeah yeah because um the so again not valorant because that's that's right um uh apex legends came out before before this and it came out with no fan fair at all it just released yeah. And a bunch of these um, streamers were suddenly playing it and going, oh, my God, this is, a, this is the greatest game ever. And then all these reports came in where, and again, these were false. They said, how do we sell this game? And a bunch of analysts said, don't advertise it at all. You have a, a crap reputation. People will mock you. They'll, they'll, they'll think you're insane. They'll, they'll meme on you trying to get in on the, the, uh, the Fortnite thing. Um, just put it out and hire a bunch of streamers to stream it and talk about how great it is. Do no other internal advertising at all. And and then they're, they're like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. 
And then in one of the press releases or in one of the ways that, that one of the leaders talked, he said, yeah, you know, we gave Respawn the ability to do whatever they wanted, which was a lie. They said, make, make a game that can compete with Fortnite and then make it have lots of microtransactions at, you know, maybe not initially, but later on. Yeah. And, and Respawn said, oh, okay. And then they did it and it was good. And then Respawn came out and said, you know, when you, told the you know a bunch of these gaming presses and outlets that you guys just let us do our own thing well we're gonna do that now we're gonna make this game that we call you know star wars <laughs> jedi fallen order that's and, right yeah that's right and, I, re I remember now yeah that, that we we did a whole video, on this. Him at, a whole video the, on this yeah and the boss looked at him and said no 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 you can't do that we have a particular plan with this and they're like well, sorry, you said you gave us autonomy, so we're just going to do what we want. <laughs> well, okay, but you have to use our, our engine. <laughs> no, no, we're not using your crap engine. And and so that's what happened there. So, yeah. Right on. And we got a pretty good game. As I I, I have reviewed uh, Star, uh, Jedi Fallen Order on a you know on on the main channel and uh you know my assessment was that it was a very safe game it didn't take a lot of risks yeah. but it was really really good it was um you know because it had good gameplay oh my goodness was, it had really good shock. gameplay and i so and i i know i said at the time like if if they could take if for the sequel uh first of all hopefully there that, that at the time i said you know hopefully there will be a sequel and that they go even more further with it that they bring in some of the you know uh, some some of the aspects from from the excellent Jedi Knight series, uh, you know the former uh, Jedi Knight series of games, and you know takes more risks and and push the boundaries a little bit. You know this game, you know number one was good. Number two could be absolutely magnificent. And we are getting a sequel that is one of the upcoming Star Wars games. And one of so there's a there's a whole bunch of Star Wars games coming up. And, and oh, yeah. they're not all from no, no, yeah, EA no, no, anymore. No. They're you know uh, EA does not have exclusive license to Star Wars games anymore. But they announced three of them, and all of them are being made by or are connected to uh, to Respawn. So obviously Respawn did something right, and you know that's being recognized, and they're being given a whole lot of Star Wars, which is hence the. Mm -hmm. The thumbnail for today, they're, they're galactic. They've basically taken over Star Wars within EA. So, uh, IX says, I hope the sequel feels less floaty. I mean, yeah, arguably. I mean, it was not... There were improvements that could be made. But overall, I thought it was a fantastic game. I thoroughly enjoyed playing it. And I've wanted <laughs> to go back and play it again. Uh, just, you know, there's too many things to play. But One of our, one of our, one of our favorite games just was... It, it it had so much potential and then they just dropped it. And that was the whole um, Jedi Knight Academy series. Like Ash and I would play this for hours and hours and hours together. And it was one of the first like really amazing, like online games that, that we played together a lot. And oh, man, it's like so much potential there got just wasted by Lucas, not knowing what to do with that and not knowing how to chase it properly. Mm -hmm. So sad. Well, and it's, it's, it's nice to see a resurgence in star Wars now. I mean, despite the, um, you know, as old school star Wars fans, as, uh, Saib and I, and, uh, moon, I actually don't know. Are you, is, are you, were you an old school, uh, star Wars geek or <clears throat> are you even a star Wars no. fan? 
that was one of the IPs I didn't actually really get into. Like, I knew of it. Like, I've watched it. I actually, I did have a box VHS set at one point, and like, I remember watching it, but like, I didn't get super into it. Okay, fair. But you know, like, uh, yeah, Sab and I are, we're you know old school, and I mean, the the original movies they they came out before we were born. You know, we're mm-hmm. not that old, but but uh, they they were really really good, and and you know. It's it's I won't go too deep into it, but I mean it's it's sad what uh, what you know how Disney kind of trashed on it in in the sequel trilogy, but there's lots of good Star Wars content coming out, and you know Jedi Fallen Order was one of them, and so hopefully the sequel, which is you know one of the games that has been announced this month, uh, hopefully will be just as good, if not better. Then they're also making a Star Wars FPS. This is respawn again, and. Uh, Announced alongside the Jedi sequel, we we don't know much about it, but there there's a Star Wars F- FPS coming. Um, and then this article lists a few from some other studios, including Lego Star Wars, Bit Reactor's Star Wars strategy game. This is the other one that is it's being built in conjunction with Respawn. Yeah. So uh, they're connected to it. They're not doing exclusive development on it but some kind of a strategy game so those those are the three from from ea slash uh, respawn by the way we're gonna have to restart the call in two minutes i don't know if you see the notification there uh it's gonna cut us off but uh anyway then we have star wars eclipse coming from quantic dream the uh, developers of heavy rain detroit become human games like that so that that could be a interesting different different kind of of star wars game Knights of the Old Republic remake, of course, we've we've mentioned before. Star Wars Hunters, which uh, is, I get, it's going to be on mobile and uh, Nintendo Switch. So hopefully it's not some crap Pokemon clone with uh, with microtransactions and predatory mechanics. But I'm not holding my breath. So. Uh, third-person arena arcade game some of some kind and then ubisoft also has a star wars game in production we know very little about it so so let me get this straight google's response to discord and and uh um teams team speak and uh what's the what's the one that everybody uses now that gets hacked so easily zoom zoom was to you're about to disappear yeah Yep. All right, it just ended. So I'm going to have to restart the call with uh, with my co-hosts there. So hopefully hopefully, Cy will send me the re-invite right away here. But uh, anyway, oh, there it is. As a matter of fact, so I'll just join that. But well, anyway, well, well, I'm waiting for the... Oh, you're back already. Okay, <laughs> so, that was, so, that was yeah. quicker than so, I thought. So Google's, Google in their wisdom decided that the best way to to compete against zoom was to put a time limit on their stuff and make it like really bad and reduce the options on it good good and again this was was they put a price tag on it basically yeah Uh, this is what i was just telling uh, uh funky in the chat here is that this is the reason why i don't fear these megacorps taking this stuff over um as much like it's still something that's very worrisome and very concerning obviously very problematic however 
I don't really worry about it because they're so bad at what they do. Like these corporations are so terrible at what they do that the bigger they get, the longer they have monopoly power, the worse everything is. And the more they crumb, the more their empires crumble around them, and the more they quickly try and like grab and hold onto the sa- sand and squeeze the sand as as tight as they can. It's like, it's like you you guys are pathetic. Like you truly, truly are some of the worst, most pathetic idiots out there when it comes to actually making this stuff function. Like, oh lord, it's so. It's so it's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so lots of Star Wars coming out, and uh, lots of Star Wars TV as well. I wasn't going to talk about this, but uh, the Italian Senate got trolled by Tifa from uh, Final Fantasy in a um, <laughs> not a family friendly way at all. And good lord. Oh my god. So so funny. One of the one of the lawmakers starts screaming about how you're going to be a, a section uh what do you say? Uh um so the, the, the broadcast gets hijacked and it's not just hijacked on the stream, it's hijacked on like their basically their version of C SPAN and and this one politician's threatening the the three D person you know saying that they're gonna they're gonna have a record and and people will find out who they are and it's oh like I'm, uh, most people already know who that is that's tifa lockhart from final fantasy also she's not a real person you dumbass <laughs> well maybe he's... So yeah mega corporations and governments you don't have too much to fear from them they're generally incompetent I w- so uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't have too much to fear. Well, I mean, yeah, you have a lot to fear from them. I mean, <laughs> they did kill more people in the last century than than any other source combined. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, uh, well, I mean, aside from natural death. Um, but yeah, it's like it's like yeah, mm. uh, these people are genuinely incompetent, so you don't have to worry that much. Fair enough. Anyway, lots of Star Wars coming in. Yeah. You know, I, I I like this a lot, and I, especially in the context of I've been watching the, the Boba Fett show, and no, there will not be any spoilers here, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I've been reading these articles criticizing it, mm-hmm. and it it feels like they're being really nitpicky. Oh, they are, and that's part of the that's part of the problem on being on the hate bandwagon, is that you get if you spend too much time jumping on the hate bandwagon, like a certain somebody that we know, um, eventually you, you just end up sitting back and nitpicking small things over and 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 over again. And you make, you make 15 minute videos on why you don't think one thing in the, 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 the show is, is good because, and the whole show is going to crash and burn because one, you didn't like one thing that was, that was just ever so slightly like out of sync with what you thought would be the better thing. And it's like, at some point you got to realize when, when the hatred is, is when you've taken too far. And, and so that's why it's good to like, always like, always make sure that you're not, you're not embracing too much of the hate and you're learning to like, 
you know, live and let live. <clears throat> right. I'm actually just curious how it's doing in terms of user ratings. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I was reading this one article where it was like, the problem with this show is that it's only from Boba Fett's perspective. And they went on for pages about how it would have benefited from, you know, uh, other, you know, perspectives from other characters. I mean, it's called The Book of Boba Fett. It's it's almost his diary. You know, this... That's what... And you're surprised that it's... Uh, that it's only from Boba Fett's perspective? Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, anyway. Oh, it's not doing... Use a score 5.2 on Metacritic. Okay, so not not great. I, I, I would have... I would have rated it much higher than that. Obviously, yeah, not Rotten, everybody's Rotten Tomatoes. To... Rotten Tomatoes has an audience score at 60%. However, you can't really... You can't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore because they banned, like, just enormous amounts of, of people. Um, I, think, I, think, I think somebody said that the Rotten Tomatoes banned about, like, 80% of their normal audience. Oof. So... That's a lot of opinions that are no longer present sure. in in their category. And, and honestly, I don't care. Like, honestly, I think it doesn't bother me that there are people that don't like this show. As a matter of fact, I can see why mm. a lot of people might not like it. It's it's a bit of a slower pace. It's obviously lower budget, and it's more of a character drama. It's more of a focus on uh, on a particular character. There is some cool action and some cool stuff and some real. If you like, if you're a fan of old school original <clears throat> trilogy Star Wars then the setting like it's a really um it's that it's true to that setting i mean it starts with i mean i don't think this is a, too much of a spoiler obviously he got out of the sarlacc pit somehow that's how he that's how the show starts and then it carries on to you know what happened to him after that and it's it's just completely true to that setting it's like it's like you're watching the old movies again in some ways just you know better graphics and stuff right uh obviously lower budget but but uh you know so it's remember that scene where he gets he gets sucked into the sarlacc pit and then he's like you know he's telling the other guy who's who's also in there about like how he how he totally like you know he t he totally killed han solo and and luke skywalker and 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 he made out with with princess leia and and and, and then he starts crying <clears throat> I do not remember that. I think you're thinking of something else. Oh no, sorry, that was that was on the uh, robot chicken. I kind of kind of figured it would be something like that. The robot chicken Star Wars is is uh, pretty funny as well. But yeah, so more of course more Star Wars TV coming as well. Mandalorian season three, Obi Wan Kenobi TV series. Hopefully, I, I imagine that that's going to be uh, quite a spectacle. Yeah, it's um, gonna be really good. I, I'm gonna really love season one where he like you know he he lives on hot uh, on Dantooine or no Tatooine. He lives on <laughs> Tatooine and he he starts picking up like you know, uh, you know walking around in his in his robe and watching Luke as a kid. And then season two where he's you know getting a little older and he's walking around on Tatooine and he's watching Luke <laughs> as a kid. And then season three gets really exciting when when Luke, you know, is a kid and he's sitting there watching him and making sure that he's okay. And yeah, it's going to be great. Oh, I'm be, sure there's going to be I'm so for looking forward to it, man. It's going to be great. <laughs> you really don't think they're going to make it interesting. 
oh no, I think they're going to make it interesting. It's just going to lead to a lot of questions of like, wait a minute, if if Obi Wan Kenobi was doing this over here, why didn't anybody hear about it? You know that kind of stuff. And I mean, I, I, like, yeah. okay, I get it, I get it, I get it, but it's like can't, i mean when it comes... for, that's the problem with <clears throat> i mean that's the problem with prequels in general or, yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know that's the whole problem with the whole the way captain america's you know the the, the original like steve rogers story wrapped up mm-hmm. people are like so he was he went and lived out his life while all this other stuff was going on they had the whole like peggy carter show and it's like Peggy, like you know, she's she's doing all this stuff, and then she like you know she sighs and she she you know she takes a shower at the shield thing, and then gets in her car, drives home, and is all sad walking up to the thing, and and uh, and then she shuts the door, and she like is the curtains closed, and he's like, yeah, curtains closed. Look, I made you supper tonight. She's like, yeah, supper. Thank thanks so much, honey. Um, you know, probably could have really used your super strength when I was dealing with all those assassins today. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, don't worry, honey. I I know you survive. It's fine. You 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 do great. You do great. It's like I I started a sourdough starter today. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. I think I I think I overfed it. Uh, is that going to be the next Marvel series on <laughs> Disney Plus? Uh, Steve Rogers, house husband. Well, I mean, what else does he do? For <laughs> yeah, 50 I know exactly. Years? Right, exactly. What about? We're getting uh, way off topic. Okay, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My 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 imagination with these with these TV shows has been getting a little wild recently. I think that and, uh, well, I think this one's largely my fault. But anyway, I'm looking forward to all the Star Wars stuff that's mm-hmm. coming out. I mean, some of it's going to be crap. I know. I'm sure some of it's going to be crap, but some of it hopefully will be really really good. Um, also, also, I'm. Uh, uh, we did start a sub sourdough starters last week and we've been having fun trying to experiment with them. So uh, that, that yeah. wasn't, that was an internal joke. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, okay. So like I, I had mine and then moon had hers and we were trying to see which ones were like going, going right. And which ones were, and then we were trying different recipes. We're like, well, that wasn't very good. Let's try a different one. <clears throat> so. All right. I don't think we have time to talk about this all that much, but uh, Mark Dara, uh, former Bioware uh, employee and project mm-hmm. lead, and like he he was there for a long time. He worked on a whole ton of games, all the way from Baldur's Gate back in 1998, all the way up to Anthem in 2019, and uh, everything in between. Dragon Age, Mass Effect. Uh, by the way, do you did you remember that our our very first augmented reality podcast was about Mass Effect Andromeda? I, I was forgotten that that game existed, and then I was thinking yeah. back today. I was like, "Well, yeah, that was our first ever AR branded podcast was uh, about uh, was about Andromeda." Anyway, I, I was so excited for that game when it was first announced. <clears throat> I was like, "Oh, this is going to be interesting." I think th- that's where the downfall that that's where it started the downturn yeah. in in uh, as far as uh, hype fatigue. You know, yep. say if, as far as I'm concerned. That progressively got by, worse, and then it just hit a it hit an apex with Cyberpunk, and then then it was just yeah, screw it, not getting hyped anymore, not getting hyped, and uh, so I didn't for Halo Infinite, and it paid off. It's a game I'm thoroughly enjoying, and it is really good, and I'm glad they gave it the extra time they needed, but I didn't spend a year obsessing about it. All right, uh, anyway, so Mark Dara put out a video on his channel 
which is called Old Game Old Game Dev Advice. So he's got a channel where he talks about his uh, experience developing games, and he put out a video basically trashing Bioware Magic. And by Bioware Magic, well, he he kind of exp he explained what he meant by Bioware Magic, and it's not something that just takes place at Bioware. Basically, it was a name given to. Some... Uh, it's a it's a real effect. It's called the hockey stick effect, and it happens in large companies when they're making large games. And that is that, <clears throat> you know, they start out creating a ton of like small things and small things and small things and small things. And they can't tell you when the game's going to be ready. They can't tell you by what date it's going to be ready. But they keep on growing the, the things. And then there's a sudden like spike of like everything starting to come together. Um, yeah, that's this, this, real... that's this line graph that you see yeah. on the screen here. He called, you know, he called it the hockey stick. So, yeah. you know, things progress slowly, 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 slowly. And suddenly it, it shoots upwards. The game becomes shipment, you know, ready to ship. But everything... now, as, as far as big games go, I think this is actually it's not as bad as he makes it out to be. It's not the best way to produce games, but it's not it's not inherently evil. It's when somebody, it's when there's two things that mess this up. One is a, is a production deadline that not everybody working on the product either knows or understands or has a, the ability to like actually aim for. It's like hitting a moving target. It's like, it's a lot harder to do that. Um, <clears throat> and then the other thing is when you have leaders who come in and constantly remove stuff. So instead of, so imagine that line, but, and, and the top end of that line on the right being like, that's your ship date. And that's when everything has to come together. And instead of having, you know, an actual line that goes from the, where it starts up to that point in a straight line, which is, you know, you can track progress every way. That would be the, the, the problem with like, you know, the, the whole like time, like saying this has to be ready by fall 2023. This has to be ready by fall 2023 but yet nobody in the team actually knows how to make that happen. And so you end up getting like a whole bunch of overshoots and undershoots and, and all this other stuff. Um, the other problem is, is that when leaders come in and constantly remove progress, and this is what happened in cyberpunk, they came in, you know, they were working on, you know, feature C, D and E, and they removed C and E. And then that ended up making E also, you know, E and F also fall through the wayside because, they overshot, you know, what they thought they could do, and then they start ch chipping away at it, which ends up like messing how the whole line goes. But that's and part of the problem too, right? Things. Is that they say, okay, we want features A through G, yeah, but realistically they can't implement all of that, and yeah. so then they have to remove <clears throat> some of it in order to make their ship date, uh, and that just really throws things off. But yeah, that. So yeah, I see. I see what you're saying there, um, but Mark's argument in the video is that there's a lack of completion urgency from early on. Like basically, it's kind of this this meandering accumulation of stuff. Stuff's being worked on. Stuff is being accumulated but not completed uh, all the way through. You know, this first long, you know, large chunk of the production, and it mm -hmm. just there's no there's no end goal there's, there's no completed state in sight for a long yes. for a long time they just don't know exactly what they're building 
is building stuff for it, but you know, they don't know, is it going to be uh, is it going to be a car or is it going to be a semi truck or is it going to be a train? Like, you know, so they're building all these parts and then it, it just, anyway, Bioware magic is the, is the word they use to refer to this tail end of the hockey stick where it suddenly shoots upwards and, you know, things just kind of click and come together. And he said, you don't know at what point along the line it's going to, that this is going to happen. But it's also true that this is not just a Bioware thing. This is, this is something that happens yeah. at a lot of studios. It's just at Bioware, they put the spin on it and called it Bioware magic. And he, he said he, he's pretty sure he remembers somebody using the term uh, in reference to Anthem. That Anthem would be saved by Bioware magic, I guess. Mm. That didn't happen. No. And and you're right. There's a lot of problems, a lot of problems with this. And it comes down to, like, structure. And again, it, this isn't the worst thing. I mean, Mass Effect 1 and 2 were made this way. A bunch of other games were made this way. And when you don't have a, a crushing deadline, but you do have this overall system where you are going up every week, you are gaining something, you know, whether it's a system, a, you know, a... a something to do with gameplay, something to do with the visuals, something to do with the audios. It's like every week you have like progress. Hey, this is up. This is up. This is up. Great. Cool. Next week. This is up. This is up. This is up. This is up. And this is up. Great. Cool. As long as you have that and not like, so we had to scrap this, which made us also scrap this, which made us also scrap that, which uh, made the leader stand up and say, we're going to reinvent the wheel again. I want you guys to go back to basics on this and we're going to redesign it from the ground up. Sir, we've already redesigned that aspect five times. I've redesigned it again. Yeah. Oh, but it's just, it's it's consuming our time. We can't do this. We have to ship in a year. Do it again. It's going to be great. Yeah, we just hired a Hollywood celebrity. And so now the story <clears throat> has to focus on him. So so do it. Yeah. Make it happen. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Completely make, make change the again. genre of the game. <laughs> Mid- right. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, so, so yes, management problems definitely factor into that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was it was interesting. I would recommend checking out his video on it at Old Game Dev Advice if you're interested in this kind of stuff and what Bioware Magic actually was and you know what why it why it's actually a problem and not a not a good thing. Okay. I know I know a um, a dev who's working on a, a really great game right now, which I can't talk about. Um, and he has this like he has this theory when it comes to um, producing games and he, he has a, he's got this really long, like how to guide on how to make games. And it's like, you develop this, like, you know, this, the set of goals that you have and you, you time out how much you think it's going to hit you for you to hit each of those goals. And then you have a stretch period after the project in which you, you know, do additional things that you couldn't do in the, the first little while. Um, and it's, it's a really brilliant goal and a really brilliant plan on how to do that and this is this goes all the way back to our first conversation where it's like indie devs get this stuff you know small studios of of like 10 15 people working on these projects that that's you know started in somebody's garage and has now moved out because they're they're pulling in the support because they can now showcase they're actually doing stuff and they're actually coming up with good content they're actually maintaining um you know everything it's like it's like that is the best the best thing you can do is learn how to do that and do that well 
And it's like, if you, if you can do that, then you'll have, you'll save yourself so much frustration and anguish trying to do everything else. So, yeah. Yes. Also. And I mean, we talked about this last week, I think, uh, game development and project or sorry, game, uh, design or having mm-hmm. the vision for a game and, and being and that creative aspect is a different skill set from project management. And, and so sometimes they'll put the creative person in charge, you know, as the manager of the project who they don't have the skills to actually make it happen, uh, within the constraints of time and budget. And that can be, that can be a problem. You, you know, you need to have, you know, have both of those in place. Now it's different when you're, when you're a one person indie studio, you know, you're doing everything, but you only have to manage yourself. So it's easier in that sense. But anyway, um, We'll uh, move on to our final topic here, which is more of a discussion piece, because how should this is this is kind of going to be more of an opinion slash discussion uh, topic, because, yeah, it's hard to say there's like a right or wrong answer here. There's maybe uh, a smart versus dumb answer or, or response, but like how how should big companies respond to fan projects and we see a variety of responses in uh in in and amongst the gaming space some companies very very strict in protecting their ips and some some companies and developers are like yeah run rampant we had uh we had scott cawthon you know uh before he kind of before he disappeared for reasons we won't get into um he was basically all in on promoting and supporting Five Nights at Freddy's fan games. And mm-hmm. that was really cool to see. Uh, we tried to get in touch with him to, we invited him to be part of the podcast, but he's very, he's very reclusive. So mm. he uh, never wrote back. But anyway, um, and this was before the whole controversy. But uh, of course, you got companies like Nintendo that, that protect their IPs with, with prejudice. And recently we had them scrub this, as it says here, Nintendo scrubs Pokemon FPS videos from the internet. So somebody made this fan game of basically, I guess, an FPS where you go around and shoot Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little fan project. With, with, with blood and gore. With blood and gore. And oh, wow. Yeah. Now, Nintendo has a new new Pokemon game coming out in a few days. And so... Uh, I can see why they'd want to maybe <laughs> remove that stuff from the internet. Um, now, does that make it does it make it right? Well, I mean, that's the question that's up for discussion. So, a fan game like this, um, you know, should it be allowed to exist? Should companies, even if they have the legal right to take it down, is it smart to? Saib, you were saying that. Uh, you, you thought it would you thought it would been would have been better for their business if they had let these videos continue to exist. Well, so I mean, just in general, it's like it's like these these big companies don't know squat when it comes to like embracing certain aspects of their community. One of the smartest business moves they could have done was to like in in the last like three years would have been to make the. Um, the the browser princess what's it Bowsette to make Bowsette an actual thing 
Like yeah. if they had done that, they probably could have easily made a couple hundred million off of that. That could have been hilarious. Make, yeah, it, it, <clears> you could have made your own game. You could have had like so many skins. You could have sold. I mean, just the dolls themselves, just the plastic like little, uh, little like little like um, figurines, probably would have netted them a hundred million. Like honestly, and then it, it's it's also it's also that that you risk inflating something when you try and like burn it down the 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 um what's that um what's that singer from the from the 70s oh yeah they... i know it's, yeah i know what you're saying the streisand effect yeah so yeah a lot so more streisand people effect... heard of that so a lot more people have heard of this because it made news now yeah um so instead of it being a small thing that only a few few people were interested in they come out and they announce and just like just like blizzard did with overwatch you know, they, they come out onto the center stage, they tap the microphone. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. All right. Uh, I know that only a handful of you have heard about this. Um, literally only about three people have mentioned this to me in the last, like, two weeks. Um, however, our recent game, for uh, Overwatch, has been garnering just massive amounts of attention. Uh, but there's also been several sandwich-making videos that have come out um, really, really highly detailed, you know, 2K <laughs> graphics with ultra, like these, these animations that you would not believe unless you saw it. Um, just this intense sandwich making sessions with, with, uh, with, <laughs> with Tracer and Widowmaker <laughs> having both a car and a garage and a, a, a trailer extension on the car being added to their characters for the sandwich making. Um, we want you to know that we don't like this and that we're, we are stamping this out everywhere that we can. Now, now the, the prawn, uh, prawn hubs, uh, main source of, of, of prawn, dis, uh, of prawns and their distribution for sandwich making. Uh, they have not responded to us, but I want you to know that as soon as they do, those videos are going to be gone from there. And everybody <laughs> pulls out their phone and is like, and Nobody go look at these in the meantime. What was the title of this thing called yeah, again? Oh, never was? mind. I found it. Just Google over, just search Overwatch in the, Overwatch the thing. sandwich it, making. Yep. It, it, sandwich making. It's right there. Oh my goodness. Is that, is that, is that Tracer? And oh my goodness. Look at the detail on this. It's like, did you, did you secretly have stuff? stock in this it's like it's like these people don't know how to to if you want something to die you just you just go after it on the side very subtly every time somebody's just making money off of it you close them down for that you you don't make a big announcement about how you're gonna stamp this out because you're a <clears throat> you're a moral upright person which i mean this actually comes off as even funnier now in, in a really sad and <laughs> despicable way. I, I want you to Blizzard, understand yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not making, I'm not making light of victims right now. It's just the irony of this is even more disgusting when you look back on this now going, oh, okay, so the, you didn't want the, the – you didn't want Widowmaker to grab uh, uh, Tracer's but and and give it a good slap and you know and and push her against the wall that's 
reserved for your, you know, C-level employees to do to, you know, uh, not employees, but like uh, management to do to your low-level employees. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Slow okay, clap. that's what we're supposed to do. Sure. Okay, I gotcha. You, you hypocritical pieces of garbage. It's like... <sighs> IX says, how many copies do you think Resident Evil 8 sold because of Dimitrescu? Um, oh, <laughs> hot damn, that was some clever marketing, if that was intended. Yeah. Like... Yeah, I, I don't think it, I, I don't think it was necessarily intended. Um, the Japanese always come up with really weird um, monster variant types, and I think it just kind of like they're like, oh, tall like lady. I don't think they. I don't think somebody with a particular um, uh, proclivity to making that kind of sandwiches. I don't think they were involved in that. I I'm not saying like that it was. Cool. Yeah, I'm not saying it was. It was made as like a any kind of a a sandwich oriented idea in mind when they, when they designed the character, obviously but if, it, if this was, if this had been like, you know, if this had been some of the companies that we've been seeing recently, if they were in charge of this, they probably would have walked up and said, you know what? We just can't allow this. So we're just going to remove this character from the game and shame on you. Internet. Yeah. Make her a, <laughs> make her, make her a dilapidated old hag. Yeah, they, they probably they probably you know again certain companies probably would have done that. But but they but. yeah I mean they, okay they obviously went Dimitrescu obviously some sandwich appeal there like they they clearly went for that but that they 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 released that part of the game as a demo and everyone went crazy over that character and they didn't try to stamp it out you know they weren't going around saying oh you you can't copyright copyright strike copyright strike. Uh, we have a we have some Dim Dimitrescu parody on our main channel. You should check it out. Uh, it's a very funny short video. It's only a minute long, but it's, uh, I think it's very funny. And I'm, maybe I'm biased because I wrote it, but, <laughs> but um, everyone who read it thought it was funny. Uh, anyway, so uh, Funky says the Sandwich Hub Pokemon section has not been taken down. Oh, is that <laughs> right? How do you know that, Funky? Huh, interesting. <laughs> Uh, but okay, so getting back to this, we're running out of time, so we kind of got to hurry along. But yeah, what what should Nintendo's response be in this case? Because I I understand. First of all, I don't. This isn't a game that I don't think the the developers of this game are going to try to sell it, or whoever's making this mm -hmm. game, this fan project, FPS shooting Pokemon. I I I don't think they were going to try to sell it. I don't think that would, you know that what would be issue. funny. The best thing that they could do with this would be to make a, a COD or a. Uh, um, like some kind of like big variant like shooter, where all of the the characters are Pokemon. <laughs> make a mod for it, yeah. You make the, no, you you make a full game and then you ship the game, and it's just COD with a with a Pokemon skin, and then the, you Nintendo put in like a small, yeah, and you put in a small campaign where it's a bunch of Pokemon starting, and then they 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 like escalate because of some random thing that one of them does that the other ones get upset it with and they're like you can't do that and then and, and they all like go to war over this and then at the end of the campaign it, it's just it's just a fever dream from one of the pokemon and and all the other pokemon are just standing over him like, like are you okay there buddy and like one of the one of the big bads of the other side in the campaign he's the first one to kind of wake you up and be like 
dude, dude, you fell from the tree. You hit your head. Are you okay? You know, they don't talk, but you know, that would be kind of like what he's like. He's like making those like hand signs or whatever and like patting them gently. Like, here, here's a berry or a grape or something. I don't know what they eat. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, it would just be that. So it's like, it's like a fever dream thing. And I guarantee you that probably like if the, if the gunplay was good and like the, the, the FPS was like engaging, I guarantee you that probably could have easily sold like, I don't know, like 5 million copies of that. Sure, but they they do have a an image when it comes to their IP though. Like they have they have uh well, not not keep the blood and gore, but just the general like like shooty shoot, right? Fair it's enough. like and as far as an like image don't give balls. me don't give me that stuff. Have you seen the types of games that Nintendo is selling in in uh in right now? Uh yeah. Yeah, but There's... not in their not in their in their um foundation like their pillar core yes series. yes it is yes it is well i mean not like the pokemon and the oh uh, sorry. mario yeah, yeah. and okay yeah yeah no not those but they're, they're selling third-party games that or maybe maybe first party but i'm, I'm just saying you're not going to they're, they're not going to put out a mario game that has mario and the princess getting it on making sandwiches mm-hmm. um or that has like super hardcore blood and gore when you squash the Goomba and, you know, its internal organs burst out or something like that. Um, you know, they're not going to do that because they have this image, they have this image to uphold with that. And so I kind of see their, I, I see why they didn't like this, uh, especially given the timing that they've got a new Pokemon game coming out in a few days and people searching new Pokemon game and seeing this, uh, you know, blood and gore first person shooter, like it could cause some some marketing confusion. So I, I see where they're coming from with that, uh, but at the same time, would it have been better to just laugh it off and be like, okay, yeah, this is. It would have been better to laugh it off. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, because then it just all this really does just kind of reinforce their their stereotype as a of being a just really not a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. No. Um. But fan, pro- I mean, fan projects. It's it's a dicey thing because they have to, they do to some extent have to protect their IP, right? And uh, for example, there is a there's a project in the works right now called Mario Multiverse. It's a fan project being made by one guy, and it is basically, um, it's it's a level making game that is uh it's being tightly controlled it's in like beta right now but uh a few of the big mario streamers have been able to take part in it and it's basically it's like mario maker but with way more stuff in it Hmm. and so these people are these these uh the mario community is loving it is eating it up Mm -hmm. because it's this it's what they thought the Mario Maker should be. <clears throat> and I know this guy, I know, I mean, guaranteed Nintendo's not going to let that uh, continue to exist if there's anything they can do about it. Um, because it would, you know, it would threaten the sales of their actual Mario Maker games. Maybe I spoke too soon. Um, <clears throat> Titans in the, in the chat brought up that there is a... Uh... There, there is a game basically like I described, 
is called uh, Pal World, and it's uh, it's got some freaky, crazy, nightmare fuel stuff combined with uh, some shooter stuff and some some other things, and it's it's some pretty messed up stuff about it. <clears throat> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, it's like when this. Just going back to what I was saying before, when this uh, Mario Multiverse thing goes fully open live, you know, when whatever the, the the developer who I think is in Korea or Japan or somewhere, when they put this out as an open thing, not just this closed beta that it's in right now, I'm sure Nintendo's going to try to destroy it. I don't want to see that happen because it is a fan of. The IP, obviously, who has spent years working on this, and it's something that the community is enjoying. But at the same time, what else is Nintendo supposed to do? Like, they can't just condone this existing, right? You see you see where I'm having the conundrum there? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know what the right answer is entirely. I would love for every company to take the Scott Cawthon approach and say, yeah, uh, you know, you, you love the IP that I created? Go ahead and make fan projects. Don't sell them, but go ahead and make them, right? But uh, at the same time, if if the if every big company did that, then there would be there could potentially be zillions of games that are better than the ones that the companies actually themselves made, and that could be a big problem for these companies, right? So, so this Pals game is coming to Steam, and it says labor laws won't be applied to Pals. Feel free to work them into the ground. Build a factory and place pals in it. They will work forever as long as they're fed. Or until the end of their lifetime. Or until they're beaten to a pulp by the factory boss. Higher the meaner factory boss and the quicker results you get. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, pals. <clears throat> Nightmare dystopia. Wow. With Pokemon. Um, no... I wouldn't. I'm looking at pictures of the creatures. They're very cute. They're, they are very cute, but they are reenacting several scenes from World War II that probably oh. are not, you know, non-combat scenes. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Such as factory stuff and experimentation. <sighs> yeah. So probably not. Yeah, maybe not We'll check it out later. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I, anyway, uh, so, yeah, it's a dicey situation. And I don't know how long I was muted there. I was. I hope that, you know, no, I was you were talking good. for a whole bunch of time while I was muted. Anyway, that is that is uh, all the time we have for today. we got to wrap this up, but thank you, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, please do, you know, put, put your... Uh, Put your opinions about fan projects and how you think companies should respond to them in the live chat. Or if you're listening after the fact, uh, put them in the in the comments down below. And uh, we look forward to reading them. Check out the Discord server. You can find the, the link to that in the description below. It's a great place where you can find uh, people of like-minded interests and have some great conversations. And also uh, stay up to date about everything we're doing here at the Triple S League. Subscribe here on Triple S Podcasts and over on the Triple S League channel. And of course, slam that like button. Really appreciate that. Thank you to all our Patreon supporters and channel members. All of those folks, you've seen their names appearing on the top of the screen throughout the show today. Really appreciate all of you folks. 
We are uh, humbled by your desire to support us the ways you do, so thank you so much. And on behalf of uh, Saib and Moontag, this has been the triple, uh, the Augmented Reality Podcast put on by the Triple S League. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will talk to you later.